Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Evening, fellas. And him. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And just like that, we get a win, and uh, who jumps back in the show? I'm but back on ham, the bandwagon. About Ham and Forty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't handle another loss, talking about another loss, so here after another win. All right, well, let's go straight to that win. Eagles 25 to the Titans 24. Only a bit under 13,000 in attendance, but given it was played Sunday night at 6.15pm, that is quite understandable. Um, what's with all the shit times? It's ridiculous. Uh, Try scorers, Riggin, Campbell, Gillard, Will Penasini, Bryce Cartwright, Clint Gutherson, Moses, three for four off the boot, a penalty goal and the all-important field goal. Uh, two Sinbins, one to make a Sebo, one to Riggin, Campbell, Gillard. And then just looking through some of the team stats, we had 53% of the ball, 26 minutes time in possession. We completed at 79%, 31 from 39. We outgained um, the Titans. We had an extra 100 metres post-contact metres. The Titans had nine line breaks to our four, and I assume about eight of them came in that period where we had 11 on the field. Uh, 35 tackle breaks to their 32. We outgained them by an average of five metres per set. Uh, Play the ball speed, 3.8 seconds to their 3.6 seconds. Uh, What else is there? Effective tackle percentage, we were up at 87%. The Titans, 83%. Made 27 tackles to their... uh, 277 tackles, rather, to their 312. Missing 32 to their missed 35. We took one intercept. We had 10 ineffective tackles to their 26. Nine errors to their 13. Conceded eight penalties to their six. Had two ruck infringements to their three. Both had one inside 10 metres. And, of course, we had the two uh, sin bins. Both teams only using seven interchanges, but Titans with the one HIA. Birdie, start with you. I don't know what is with us and Titans games being so close. Why can't we just flog them like every other shit irrelevant franchise in the NRL? Like, I just... And it's not like as if, um, you know, David Fafita kills us or anything. Like, it's just... It's just why... And I know... um, Who was it? Uh, Brad Arthur mentioned it. It's our discipline. Like, we just keep getting Simbin after Simbin, and teams just take advantage. Like, it's it's almost a guarantee if we go one man down, we're, we're conceding one or two tries. So, it's just, I just, it's just frustrating, you know. And we, I don't want to, I don't want to ref bash this early in the pod, but man, if, if that wasn't one of the worst ref performances you've seen from, you know, as a neutral, then I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, I just, I feel as though, um, we did all we did all this hard work to get a you know to get a lead and then you know just two dumb mistakes and I'm not saying the Simbin to Sivo and Reg were you know so or hard or you know like um you know tough for us they were there you know they were you know they were foul plays but my God we just let teams off so easy and just make it easy for them each week I uh, I believe we have a dossier if that's a uh, correct correct pronunciation of the word upcoming about referees so we might hold on. About the referee bashing. Yeah, you leave that one to me. <laughs> and what did you actually like? Oh, sorry, 40, I'll go with you first. What did you actually like? Yeah, look, this was a funny one. And the moment we came out red hot against the Titans, I actually like physically winced because I, you just felt like you almost wanted to be a real, you know, slobber knocker, knock them down, get back up, sort of opening to this game. Because when we start hot against teams like the Titans, we end up getting a little bit sloppy. And we saw that, didn't we? Uh, with a got those first two tries, uh, looked really good with Reg and Will going over, and then we got a little bit loose, started forcing offloads, started pushing passes. Uh, you know, defensive line sort of just slipped a little bit. So that was uh, unfortunate. But what I liked in this game was the fact that 
Uh, we had our Origin boys backing up. We had guys, again, stepping up like Cardi, like Will Penasini, like Ryan Madison, who I thought was immense off the interchange. Um, going back to that role that he really carved out for himself last year, being a primary middle, but as part of the rotation rather than the starting pack, I thought he was huge. Um, and I really liked the grit, boys. Uh, we dug ourselves a really big hole, went down to 13 v 11 for, uh, what, about seven, eight minutes. Uh, and, yeah, we conceded some points there, but that was where the Gold Coast got the majority of their points in the contest. We came back, uh, half time came, we obviously scored after and then let them get a, a try too. But when the championship minutes were there, Mitchell Moses changed up his kicking game. Uh, he, he went against the hang time or air time they love to give the bomb and flattened it out and found that sort of space in between the back three and was really, really important in that regard. Uh, Guffo with the clutch kick across the field to Bowie Simonson and that career highlight try in the uh, corner, the left uh, left sideline corner there. All those key players standing up. I thought Junior was good um, and Reg outside of his brain fade was pretty good. So, yeah, just the guts, boys. Uh, we could have easily have capitulated in that game. The Titans got the explosive players to really capitalize on that 13 v 11 advantage they had and they couldn't. Like, I mean, obviously they did to a degree, but they couldn't get a game-winning advantage out of it. And all the talk about the referees and how hard um, the Titans were done by because Parramatta kick pressure was offside, which it was also offside for Mitchell Moses' field goal attempt, which I'm sure Hamish has got uh, outlined in his dossier. At the end of the day, the Titans had an almost... Uh, it's the, an immutable advantage. Like what, what they had in that eight-minute period should win you games without a doubt. And they, they couldn't, and we did. So well done to our boys. Him. Yeah, I think um, just touching on what Forty finished on there, where it should have given the tit- uh, Titans a uh, uh, lead that they couldn't it was insurmountable. But we only conceded two tries in that, and it was unfortunate. And there was some probably poor defending by poor front on contact um, to lead to one of the tries. But I think when you're defending sort of two, three players all at once, and you're down two, you can sort of understand if you're giving up a shoulder or what have you. The things that I liked, firstly, the, the never-say-die attitude of Clinton Gutherson. Even without that fantastic try, I've had it explained all week that it's a try. I've had, I've had the doubters, I've had the haters, I've had the death threats saying uh, it's not a try. Chill, all you idiots, it's a try. You're going to work tomorrow, but so am I, so <laughs> that's that. Um, yeah, you saw it earlier on. Titans had a scrum, and uh, Jaden Campbell looked like he was going to score Clinton Gutherson holds him up, drives him over the sideline. That's in, incredible intensity, intelligence, and integrity from the captain there, especially <laughs> after his big origin stint. Um, as Forty said, Mitchell Moses changing up his kicking game. Uh, Cardi seemed like, especially in that first 20 or 30 minutes, just sort of man-possessed. I love that. Love seeing that. It's incredible turn from Cartwright. Huge from him. And um, the Matterhorn, Ryan Madison coming off the bench. Uh, back to what we saw last year, just, you know, he knows his role. He knows he's only going to get limited minutes there, and he puts everything in, high work rate, high impact. Um, but there, there is quite a lot that I did not like about this match. Um, Hoppy wasn't at his best. He threw that offload where it was. Ba- it could have been a penalty with the way he threw it. It was an intentional forward pass or intentional forward offload and only getting 61 minutes. Um, he's been incredible for us, but you know, in his first full year of first grade, you're probably going to get games like this. I won't mention the two sin bins because that's whatever. I thought uh, Will Penasini 
probably had uh, one of his lowest games for us. Um, the numbers weren't there. The impact didn't seem there. I know he scored a try, uh, but that was sort of more luck and being in the right, obviously putting himself in the right position at the right time. But uh, yeah, just not not the what we've seen from Will previously. So a few things we need to work on. But two points is two points, even if you win by one. I think for Will, what was key for me was even if his performance wasn't a complete one or anywhere near it, the violence in defense, I think, really unseated that left edge for the, the Titans. Uh, he put some big hits on Fafita. Yeah, he, he and Cartwright really lined up David Fafita in a way that he probably hasn't really experienced uh, in his NRL career. And I think that really unsettled him. And, and while we did have other factors in this game, like Jaden Campbell and whatnot, making you know splash plays for the Titans, Fafita was a non-factor in this game. And I think that was important in a game as close as what we had. All right, we ready for the dossier? <laughs> I've, I've put the I've put the kettle on. <laughs> so uh, much in buzzer style. I think it was like a year or two ago. Um, the Sharks had a game where they said they were dudded, uh, but in this one we won the game. So this isn't sour grapes. This is going back me reviewing the tape, the whole eighty minutes, having to sit through that again with the little notebook out, taking account of every single penalty and every single one missed. So let's go through it. First minute, ref repeatedly keeps telling the Eels nothing late on the kicker. That'll become important in the 74th minute when Mitch is tackled late and sorry, the 69th minute when Mitch is tackled late in the air and there's no penalty given. I heard five times the Eels were told nothing late on the kicker, once to the Titans. What's going on there? Second minute, tackle five on Moses. Brian Kelly has a second effort on Moses after the tackle is complete. It's not a dominant tackle. Should have been six again, not called. Second minute, penalty against Sebo, called inside the 10. Fair penalty. He was offside from the kick. We all thought it was um, contact in the air, but it wasn't because they were both going for the ball, but it was a penalty inside 10. Fair enough. Third minute, Titans kick Moses called out as inside 10. He pulls out at the last minute, no penalty called. There you are. That's consistent with what happened in the rest of the game. If you were offside um, and you pull out, the ref was willing to put the penalty, uh, the whistle in uh, his pocket. Fourth minute, penalty against Titans on RCG for an inside 10. Follows a very slow pay the, play the ball on Dunes. It was a fair penalty because it was inside our 40 metres. We got the penalty. Fifth minute, six again, inside 10. Clearly inside 10, fair six again to us. Fifth minute, six again, holding in the ruck. Dunes held on for an hour, fair six again. But look at that. That's a penalty and two six agains in a very short period of time, within two minutes. Do you think we're knocking on the door of uh, get in the fucking bin? Uh, no. Seventh minute, penalty, holding in the ruck. Very knocked down and then 12 holds on for an eternity. We get another penalty there. That's four infringements in the period of four minutes. Does anybody go in the bin? No. Eighth minute, Kelly holds down for an eternity. We do not get a six again. Ninth minute, Titans chases offside, called knock-on against Eels. No challenge was taken by us. Unfortunate. If they'd gone back and uh, challenged that, they would have got Titans chases offside. Would have been our penalty and we would have been back on the attack. 14th minute, Moses held for an eternity after landing on his belly. So he gets there um, off a line break, that one is, again, by Kelly. Should have been a six again, not called. How many of these are there in this first? How many infringements by the Titans? And they're not even warned at this point. 14th minute, Moses held, uh, sorry, we just did that one. 15 minute, Titans forward pass. That would be a recurring theme of the night. Not called. <laughs> Next play results in the Titans' first try. So forward pass over on the right, not called. You then get four points. Next play when it should have been Eilis Ball. Uh, 
Titans, that's four points that you got off the back of foul play. That wasn't picked up by the ref. What was the score? Well, we won by one point. So take away four points there. 19th minute, ref again warns Eels. Nothing late on the Titans kicker. 21st minute, penalty Titans inside 10. Fair penalty to the Titans. 21st minute, six again. RCG called for ruck infringement. I thought it was pretty soft six again there. Uh, I think it was holding in the ruck, and it was pretty quick ruck. And given the average playable speed, um, you know, we got held for a lot longer in the ruck all night, which seems to happen week on week on week on week. 21st minute, Sivo high tackle. Ref calls it late, high and forceful. Despite the fact that Jojo Fafita still had the ball in his hands, I don't know how that's late. It was high, it was forceful, fair binning. However, Jojo Fafita does not go for a HIA, despite forceful contact with directly with the head from Sivo's shoulder. What the fuck's doing there? What is the independent doctor doing? We get an innocuous one on Gutherson back when we're playing the Sharks in round two. He goes off for 10 minutes. We lose that game because of that. But there's no independent doctor here when there is somebody sent to the bin for a forceful direct contact with somebody's head. Pull your fucking finger out, NRL. 22nd minute, forward pass. Phil Sami clearly knocks the ball on. The touchy calls it a knock back. I think, Ham, you were right in line with this one. Oh, Absolutely astounding. Line. It was four metres forward off Phil Sami. <laughs> Two plays later, Kelly drops the ball, our ball. Thankfully, there was no resultant Titans try from that bit of bullshit. 25th minute, knees first from RCG. Fair binning. However, I would query... Um, where players are not binned in similar circumstances where there's already one in the bin. You only just have to look back to our game against the Broncos where there was a couple of hip drop tackles. We had one in the bin. Broncos had one in the bin. Payne Haas then also has a hip drop tackle and he is not sent to the bin but given a warning because they didn't want it to be 12 on 11. Where's the consistency there? I haven't seen two players in the bin at the same time in a long time. Um, But again, fair binning. If you're going to keep that consistent, which they won't, Happy with it. 26 minute, lane line break. Campbell holds down for an eternity. That was when we just got the ball back after having two players in the bin. And then the following ruck. Oh, sorry, all- just on that one. Yep. Um, I believe Butler uh, actually signaled six again. So he knew it was a, a foul. He knew that the Eels were going on the attack. That's a sin bin. That's a professional foul. This very next play, all Titans players are offside for the next ruck. No penalty, no six again. <laughs> 28th minute, Eels have Titans trapped on their goal line. Verrills goes to ruck it out on the left side of the field. He takes two steps to the left of the player playing the ball. We go to tackle him, and then he uses the player that played the ball as a shield to go back around the right side, which then leads to a 10-metre advantage from him. It's not called a shepherd. Shepherd. Two plays later, Sammy scores that try on the right side. That should have been our penalty. 28th minute, Semi promotes the football with the Eels held on to him, although momentum does take him into the end zone. I understand this is consistent, but it is still a promotion of the football, whether or not he ends up in the um, in the end zone. Um, to the letter of the law, it's a double movement. Just, just on that one, I just want to compare it to the Will Penasini one from uh, against the Bulldogs. You see when Will does it, the ball stays still underneath his chest. He moves his chest. To me, that's all right. It's when you get your arm and you move your arm forward and up, which is what Sami does. That, to me, that constitutes a double movement. If you if you can contort your body, but the ball essentially stays relative in the same position to your body, then that's fine. I, I'm I'm comfortable with those being called tries. But as we can see with Sami's one there, 
he deliberately goes up and uh, forward. And with a player on him as well. 31st minute, high tackle from Bryce Cartwright, called fair penalty. 35th minute, held in the ruck for an age. The Eels were no six again. Next play is an inside 10 and results in an Eels penalty. So I guess some of the consistent ones there are Butler is happy to let one or two six goes go, uh, six agains go in, a, in the same set. But if you're going to be multiple infringements, two or three, then he'll call them. 38th minute, Bryce Cartwright holds on to Kelly for an age. The Titans don't get a penalty. They probably should have got one there. 39th minute, Eels call for breaking the scrum early. However, the Titans do not retrieve the ball from the scrum correctly. Tino retrieves it from the second row. So there wasn't an attempt to trap it in there. I think our player tried to hook it with his foot, and then it gets uh, trapped in the second row. So really, that should be a mutual infringement there. So, Ham, can you explain that one? Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just... From what I saw and what I gathered, I think we pushed in the scrum and it just sort of forced the Titans back. But the letter of the law states the ball is not in play until uh, the ball goes past the second rower's heel. At no point did the ball go past the second rower's heel. It was always in front. If any, you know, I'm happy for a, a repacking of the scrum in that instance because scrum broke down, whatever, and we just go, all right, let's just replay it. I'm fine with that. But it should not have been a Titans penalty. If it, you know, if anything, it's an Eels penalty because you, you know, he breaks the scrum or he breaks the scrum by putting his hands into the second row. You're not allowed to do that. And then just the other one. I, I don't think this is correct, but apparently you're not meant to take a differential penalty. Like you can't take a penalty kick from a differential. But I think that was changed this year. Yeah, because he didn't signal. No, but I think a, a regular penalty is only for offside. And he, Butler, signalled that Parramatta broke the scrum early, which would be a differential penalty. Yeah, that's what I understood. So he, rather than inside 10 or breaking uh, or leaving your line early for those um, three um, on the left side of the scrum, it was more breaking the, the scrum Incorrectly, yeah, which so. would be a differential penalty. You know, I, you know, as far as far as I know, that that could definitely have changed with uh, Polita. Uh, I was about to say Polita Valandis, but you know, Valandis and Abdo in charge could change any. It could change yesterday. Who knows? Uh, we get the kickoff. First hit up, shoulder charge from Tino on RCG. Penalty sufficient there. Forty second minute Titans break early from the scrum this time. No penalty. Um, let's look at that. That was right in front of the goal too. 43rd minute, Eels try, Titans complain of Penasetti holding players down. If you watch the footage closely, it's Foran who's wrapping his arm around Penasetti, not allowing him to get up. So it's clear milking from Foran. The ref saw it for what it was. You get what you deserve there, Titans. 46th minute, Titans forward pass. Tanner Boyd not called, results in a line dropout. Our next play, next set, Titans try. 50th minute, forward pass to Fodawaka from the resulting restart, not called. That one was just egregious. I do not understand how they couldn't call that one. 53rd minute, Tino shoulder charge on Junes, not called. That's the second shoulder charge from Tino. 54th minute, forearm from Tino on Moses, soft, but he has form, and that would be the third infringement. He should be off the field at this point. 56th minute, Titans penalty inside 10, fair penalty. 58th minute, penalty Titans. Luai deemed to be taken out despite making contact with defenders and Tino seeking to take advantage by trying to run around him. He'd stop just in time. But it's Luai who initiates the contact with the two defenders there. He runs directly into Cartwright and then falls down, milks it. Penalty goal, which is given to uh, kicked by the Titans directly after. Ridiculous. 
66 minutes, six again, Sean Russell. It was clearly a six again, and that was the one that set up the Gutho try later on. 71st minute, Moses kicks on the 10-metre line. He's tackled in the air. No penalty called. So, sorry, it was the 71st minute, not the 69th minute. Uh. If we get that there, the scores are at 24 all. That's 26-24. Then we have no bitching about penalties offside thereafter because each team are playing for either a try or for a penalty goal. Um, Should have been called, not called. And that was about the fifth infringement from Kelly. I think he got called for about one or two six against. That was it. 73rd minute Titans offside penalty. Sammy clearly um, a step in front inside the 10 metre. Fair penalty. So that's the one where Sivo gets the ball um, down on the left side and we get the resulting penalty. 74th minute. Tino puts the bumpers up again. This time on Sean Lane. Not called. How many infringements from fucking Tino in this game? Not called. He should be in the bin. 75th minute. Moses field goal attempt. Beryls is offside and the player inside him is also offside. It's not called. Moses kicks the field goal so nobody has a fucking whinge because Moses has balls of steel and he gets the fucking job done, unlike Tanner Boyd. 76th minute. First field goal attempt from the Titans. Clint is called offside. He pulls out after taking three steps. Has no effect on the attempt. 76 minutes, second field goal attempt. RCG called out, even though he was square at marker, and then he pulls out. I get it. He's taken about five or six steps there. But unlike last week, he does not continue through and he does not charge down the ball. So in terms of consistency, it's consistent with last week. In terms of consistency, it's consistent with how the ref had officiated this whole game, where players were taking off early even if it was just a kick, whether or not it was a field goal as well, if they pulled out, they were not penalised. That's consistent across the whole 80 minutes. And Titans fans, you had a fucking whinge last week to say, you can't do that, you can't call a penalty there because it changed the outcome of the game. Why is it different this week? I'll tell you why it's different, because it's against your fucking team. In summary, three of the four Titans tries came off the back of a missed Titans error or a missed penalty that should have been awarded to the Eels. Both of your penalty goals came off the back of incorrect penalties or errors. Each of the Titans field goal attempts, player called offside, pulls out. In the Moses field goal attempt, two Titans offside, neither of them pulled out, no penalty given. Fuck Butler, fuck the MRC, and fuck the Titans, and fuck all your whinging supporters. Brilliant. Uh, That's um, us over. I, I missed that. Could you think you repeat that for me? <laughs> What have you been recording this, haven't you? <laughs> we'll just loop it for you. But seriously, the narrative coming out of this, these poor hard done by Titans, and it's the big Sydney teams. Fuck, we're not a big Sydney team. I know we've no. got all the fucking products and all that, but fuck me, we're not a Roosters. We're not a Melbourne Storm. Not a Penrith. Uh, well, Penrith now. Um, I don't really classify Penrith as a big team. Like, they've had success in the last three years, but... So the, the, the refs in the NRL classify them as a big team, which is... That's enough for me, but they're, they're they're a small club, small club mentality. But no, that, that was honestly that was honestly beautiful because the general analysis in the wider sense is just whatever happens. The latest is the like that's the only thing that they can keep in their mind is whatever happens at the latest part in a game. And I, I, I've said it before when Parramatta have well when Josh Hodgson uh, when they when they put the ball behind Josh Hodgson's heel in a against the Melbourne Storm and they deemed it that he went through the ruck. I said, I don't want an apology from Graham Annesley. I don't want any of that. I don't understand why fans want an apology or, or an explanation from Graham Annesley. It doesn't change anything from that game. You just got to make sure it's better the next one. And guess what? We've got, well, since we've said it enough, we've got fucking Butler again in the bunker this week. That's a little spoiler for everybody. Sorry to ruin the weekend. 
Um, yeah, exactly right. Like a, a football game is made up of a, of a million individual moments. Um, you can't just point to one and say, look, it should have been this, it should have been that. Look at that across the whole length of the game. I can pull out any little tiny thing and just magnify it a hundred times. And you could say, Titan should have only had four points um, throughout the whole game. That's how yeah. fucking dumb that sort of analysis is. And yeah, that, that's I, I, I genuinely despise. There, there's very few professions lower than journalists. I think sports journalists takes the cake, in particular NRL journalists. Perhaps, uh, NRL callers or um, yeah. former coaches who are now callers. Yeah. Um, some of the commentary <laughs> in that game, having to listen to it twice, that, oh. that was a fucking real punish. I, I, I went through the highlights of it because I, I, after the game I went, I'll just watch the game and then just listen to Voss. And that, that try about Clinton Gutherson. Like, if, if that was any other team, if that was Kalen Ponga, he would be he would have he would have came everywhere. That's how much he would have been going on about it. So there's another one for the fuck list. Fuck Voss. All right, well let's get over that one and move on to reserve grade. So that was the curtain raiser, Rabbitohs thirty. Oh, no, we, don't want to, we, we don't want to do that. Just we pass that one. <laughs> so Loizu getting over and Jaden Yates as well. Um, but you know we said in the lead up to this, Rabbitohs have a fair few uh, NRL quality players, and our reserve grade is running on fumes at the moment. And that's how it turned out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much to add to it. The, uh, they um, they're struggling. Apparently, Miller. St- I I wasn't there. I, I can't I can't deal with this grade at the moment. I was down at the uh, Rose and Crown Hotel enjoying a nice Guinness while this game was on. So that's um, nice. It was it was very lovely, nice and creamy smooth. But I heard Arthur Miller Stephen had another good game. So fingers crossed we can get him tied up and you know there's a left wing spot open. Yeah, I guess dinner and a meal there. In one beverage. Oh. Yeah. Let's go on to uh, some news, judiciary. So, Sivo and Campbell Gilead are both going to sit out for four weeks, uh, probably on the higher end, but Sivo, I don't know why he challenged the grading last night. That was just dumb. It's a weird one, unless they had something. But with the way Sivo's play, I, I, you know, if we had better backup, I, I wouldn't be missing Sivo at the moment because, boy, oh, boy, is he literally like, even uh, we're, we're fanaticals. Like, we are obsessed so we see all the little things. We see it when they first start to happen. And we've been off Sivo for a little while now. When you have people at the game starting to yell, run hard, Sivo, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they're filthy casuals or anything or that they're lesser than me, which they are. Um, but when you when the when the general fan starts to see it, the ones that just watch first grade start to see that sort of stuff. And, you know, Sivo's a cult hero in Parramatta. When fans start to see that, like that's that's when you know that, Things are going bad for the for the big Fijian. Yeah, I think we've been um, hitting replay on that for the whole season, even parts of last year. And it's just so weird that he came back from that um, that knee injury and hit the ground running, and then thereafter he seems to yeah, not be keen for the contact. And he, he hasn't been getting hitting the try score tally either. So he looked uh, certain to be the top try scorer this season, and now that's uh, definitely gone away. Yeah, that's what five games without a try now. Yeah, I think so. And that's his longest stretch. Uh, next one is the injury update. So Hodgson, he did have that specialist appointment about his neck and he's ruled out for the rest of the year, unfortunately. So that means that the Eels going to have a look around for somebody to come in. I think we touched on it that we had uh, Joey Lusick. We, we uh, were seeking his availability. And then um, another one that we flagged is the uh, Simp for Simpkin, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Simpin for Simpkin. Get it, get it trending. 
I, I, I've deleted my Twitter app, so I'm not on Twitter anymore. Hashtag Simpin for Simpkin. And we'll get his uh, we'll get his dad on side too. And in other injury news, we remember Greg, he's almost coming back uh, from his Liz Frank injury. Um, about eight weeks he's been out, so it's a bit strange um, that he's come back from that hateful uh, Miss Frank. Uh, but um, yeah, it's extraordinary his return. Um, and if he can get some football in him, because we're not using our bench at the moment. That was one thing we didn't touch on in first grade. But Luca Moretti not even getting a run. Um, I understand that Campbell Gillard was a bit fresher because he spent some time in the bin, but he was coming off origin duties. Um, yeah, I thought the bench rotation was shit um, on Sunday. Then Matt Dury and Zach Assini have both undergone surgery for injuries they sustained in the New South Wales Cup match. Dury's coming on the back. It was a it was a hip drop, wasn't it? That wasn't called. Uh, yes. Sinus injury there, and Assini broke his hand. Yeah, Assini named this week as well. So um, obviously he's not playing. I don't really know what we're going to be doing at five eight in the cup this week. Mama Sia, <laughs> probably <laughs> played there before. Yeah, he's getting the uh, Brendan Hands utility. Utility spot yeah, from back, last year. Put it all on the mama's here. Breakout year next year, boys. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump into some previews then, which will see the Eels taking on the Roosters in the Jersey flag. That's at Wentworth Park, 1.15pm on Sunday, the 23rd of July. Uh, there's a fair few returning there. Blaze Tuolagi, Charlie Geimer, Ethan Sanders. Uh, oh, that's the other bit of news. Um, apparently, Ethan Sanders has uh, signed for the Canberra Raiders for the next two seasons. Um, not, understandable. The ne- not, not the next two seasons. Uh, he's still contracted the year after. next year. Yeah. yeah. So for the 2025-2026 season. Correct. Um, which is is rather a big shame, but um, I can sort of understand uh, a young player, his uh, pathway's blocked here. Uh, there's no real halves at, uh, at uh, Canberra Raiders. Um, well, they've got former uh, Eel. Fogarty is off contract at the end of 2024, so yep. he waltzes into that six or seven spot. I think even if Fogarty's there, he he waltzes into the to the seven spot there. Like Fogarty, he's done well to scrape out um, as many NRL games as he has. But we, we had plenty of eyes on him when he was here in reserve grade, and um, you know he's he's not going to be a, a top ten halfback. Um, Nicholas Lenaz, Sam Tuivati, and Tony Mataeli all return. Um, that was one thing we didn't touch on in the reviews: the under 19s uh, New South Wales. Queensland origin. Uh, I thought all the Eels boys played really, really well. Charlie Geimer was probably a standout. Ethan Sanders was a standout as well. Tuivati probably didn't get as much time as we'd hoped. Yeah, you sort of, you know, he was a year young for that age group, and a lot of those boys, especially the Queensland ones, had already played uh, Q Cup, whereas Sam sort of in his first year of SG ball. Um, there was a few runs he held his own, a few runs where he got smashed and driven back, so it's all a learning curve for the big man. But I thought he, he was all right. Yeah, I thought uh, Ethan Sanders was a standout there. There was a couple of other um, players. There was that um, that half or slash centre winger for the Raiders that really stood up. What's his name? Um, Ethan yeah, Strange. Ethan Strange. And Strange. Ethan Ferguson also had a good game too. It was a good night for the Ethans. <laughs> Strong Ethans. <laughs> um, but this one, let's have a look at the ladder for the flag. I think we're, we're on the cusp of the five, aren't we? Like it's a really – oh, fuck, the Roosters are in first. But they're, they're up against it this week, boys. <laughs> They've had double the amount of wins, 14 wins, three losses to our seven and ten. So um, difficult one this week, boys. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, it was that middle period where I think when we when we lost Sanders, uh, we ended up losing to the Rabbitohs, the Storm. And there was another team we should have beaten amongst that lot. I'm probably going to say the Sea Eagles. You know, you're, you're going to win those three games. All of a sudden, you're in fifth spot and... With a 
buy because it looks like there's going to be four buys this year for Jersey Flag. So they would have had an extra buy in hand and in fourth spot there, you know. But a lot of this team have played with the SG Ball uh, team from this year. So it's all, it's all a learning curve for them too. Yeah, very much so. And then we are also against the Roosters in reserve grain. Um, but the Roosters in that competition are coming 13th. So the Eels 12th, I guess. Uh, half of those Roosters players are in the Bears team. Um, but just looking through those teams. I think they took them out once they uh, Bears signed with the Storm for next year. Oh, okay. So they've gone back to the Roosters. I think so, yes. Well, we've got Jackson Paulo, Corey Allen uh, playing there. Drew Hutchinson at halfback. Dylan Napa on uh, at prop. Um, so a fair few of those uh, players that have played for the Roosters this season. Um, again, Arthur Miller-Steven named a fullback, but at that 5'8", is a Zach Assini who won't be making an appearance. So maybe Dan Keir, Kerr. He's Thank played you. a bit of 5'8", there. Just throw one of them in. Yeah, just, one of the two. Someone. Yep, need a warm body. <laughs> Uh, then the next game, the NRLW kicks off this weekend. We get our first home game, uh, Sunday the 23rd of July. It's against the West Tigers women's team. So their inaugural game. Uh, let's make it a good a spanking of them at our house, Combank Stadium, not the West Tigers jungle. Uh, but this one will be televised 9, 9 now, KO Foxtel. Uh, looking at that team list, there's a fair few different faces from last year. Yeah, a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the centres, the majority of the forward pack and the interchange are all new as well as obviously the halves. So plenty of new faces to get to know. And some of them, we, you know, have a reputation like Pearson and Albert, who I'm very excited to see be, uh, I'd say, three of the, the pillar players for us alongside Kennedy Charrington. I think they're our sort of triumvirate of uh, top-tier players. Uh, but, yeah, lots of new, new faces to get used to. And the players that we do have returning Ham. I uh, got some real speed on the wings uh, in Tohu Hiku and uh, Zawi Fay, as well as Abby Church at fullback. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very keen to see how this team goes. Yeah, I, I've got my uh, – I've penciled in Cassie as top try scorer for the year. She looks mean. She's quick. She's big. I, I reckon I've got her sort of penciled in for top try scorer if that if that back line uh, can click like I'm expecting it to. I think she'll also be playing outside Mahalia Murphy, former Wallaroos, Jillaroos, Rugby Sevens. Uh, superstar from Doonside, Mahalia Murphy. So, my uh, hometown, mate. Yep, but he went to high school, Dooney, Dooney Tech High. Um, she didn't go to Dooney High. She went to Seven Hills from memory. She went to Dooney Public <laughs> School, though. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't go to Dooney Public School. That's <laughs> fond memories of Dooney Public School. <laughs> uh, looking at that West team, so former. Did Betty Walsh play for the Eels? No. Yes, yeah, first year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but she did ACL against the Roosters. Um, but some big names there, Rakia Horn at centres. Uh, you've got Sarah Tokatuki uh, in the props there, Kezi Apps in the second row. So there's a fair few names that have had rep honours uh, in that West team. But uh, it, it's it's really hard to sort of um, get a read on these sort of matches until they start playing games. I guess the Eels, what, we won two games last year and made the grand final. So um, longer season, it's going to be very different this season um, with all the new teams, new players. Uh for the women's, we've only had one win from three at Combank, so we better turn that around. We've only got two games here this year. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, our tickets are – well, look, go on Ticket Tech, get a junior ticket, junior or general admission, $5 plus booking fee. Get out to support the women. It would be, be a fantastic day. One game, it's only 5 bucks. Get out there. Yeah, definitely. 12 p.m. at home. Who doesn't just go into that stadium? 
Uh, so I hope to see you all out there on Sunday at 12 noon. And then let's get into first grade. Uh, Cowboys in ninth, taking on the Eels in seventh at Queensland Country Back Stadium, the toilet-looking stadium. 7.35pm, Saturday, 22nd of July. A capping off Super Saturday. We'll get to the team list, which for the Cowboys have just about got everybody back. Scott Drinkwater, Sammy Valaway on the wing with uh, Murray Tualangi, Bal Holmes and Peter Hickel in the centres. Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend in the halves. Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess starting props. Reese Robson at... Hooker, Luciano Leilua and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai in the second row, Ruben Cotter at lock, Jake Granville, Griffin Neem, Jason Taumalolo and Benafuiaki uh, on the bench, Labour, Tanua Brown, McIntyre, Hampton and Mitch Dunn on the extended bench. For the Eels, Clint Gutherson at fullback. They've named Makasivo at wing with Sean Russell, but we expect Dunster to come in for him and not Lumi Lumi, which we're all quite thankful for. Uh, Will Penasini, Bailey Simonson in the centres. Dejon Arcee, Mitch Moses in the halves. Offie Ogden, Junior Paulo. Starting props, Brendan Hands at hooker. Sean Lane, Bryce Cartwright in the second row. Jermaine Hopgood at lock. Luca Moretti, Joe Offengawe, Andrew Davey and Ryan Madison named on the bench. Hayes Dunster is in that extended bench. We expect him to come in. And then Makahesi Makatoa, Wonga Blake, Kai Rodwell, and Jack Murchie also named on that extended bench. Bertie, what do you like? Um, <laughs> it's, it's a tough game. Uh, I mean, I like the bench, actually. The bench, I'm more confident in the bench. Usually we have, you know, like a weak link on there. But um, the only one I can think of, like, I think Luke has been tr- tremendous since he's come into the league. Um, you know, Joe's a solid, um, you know, he... he he brings that stability off the bench that we um, that we need once Reg and Junior go off. Um, yeah, I, I really like you know this bench. Other than that, like once again, it's just the uh, it's just the wing spot, you know. Like hey, he's like surely he can just be competent enough, or like you know just 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 be fair. I don't. I'm not asking him to be crazy, be like make a Siva, you know, score three tries or whatever. Just make your tackles and just don't be a liability in defense because, um, you know, when we had the Warriors game, Lumi Lumi, you know, they just kept targeting that side and we are just getting ripped to shreds. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly confident this week. So, yeah. You're not, you're not confident. No, I'm confident. No, I'm fairly confident. So, like, you're the game, yeah. I like, so, I like, you're, you're expecting a four point win here because Cowboys and us are battling for that top eight spot. Yeah. Well, I, I reckon we can get the job done. You know, comfortably like ten points, but um, you know, it's not like the Warriors game where I knew we we're gonna get you know smashed and you know, I, I, I give us a good chance going up to Townsville and um, giving the Cowboys a run for their money on their home deck. You don't think the Cowboys are gonna hold a grudge there for us um, beating them in the finals? <laughs> there, we saw uh, how much of a grudge they can hold when they absolutely uh, destroyed the West's Tigers earlier up at home. Yeah, but see, like, I, look, look, they're they're one of the form teams of the comp- them with the Warriors, so like all the pressure's on them. You know they got they have to w- they have to win this. Like us, no one's counting us to win. You know, obviously, um, you know, I reckon half the fans probably don't think we're going to win. You know, we're really missing Dylan Brown, Reg, like Sivo. Like, there's no pressure on us. You know, and if we don't get the job done, it's okay. It'll be bad for us, but if the Cowboys don't win this, then I reckon it's the end of their season, in my opinion. Because if they can't beat us at home, they're kidding themselves. You know. All right. Forty, are you as high on the Eels' chances this week? Um, I'm reasonably confident. I feel like the game against the Titans, in a way, was a good preparatory process for this clash. Uh, they're not, you know, one to one analogous, but the the Cowboys and the Titans do have some similarities with the way their pack 
uh, plays and the way that they've got strike on the outside uh, with their backs and fullback and whatnot. So uh, getting some of those uh, glitches in the system and uh, getting a look at the Titans last week maybe helps us this week against the Cowboys. In saying that, they're a very good team. They're, they're loaded up with origin stars and those sort of calibre players. So it's not going to be easy. And minus Sivo and minus Reg is a pretty big handicap. But um, yeah, I, I think we can get the job done. Uh, it's uh, I was trying to think. You know, playing up there this time of year is probably a little bit more ideal than we we played that final. Uh, you know, the sort of being in July rather than being in uh, September helps with the the tropical weather a little bit. Um, but yeah, th- this is a high leverage game. Um, the the loser here cops a very significant blow, uh, especially to their top four chances, but also to their top eight chances. Uh, and the Eels, well, they've been really good. They've won six of their last seven, and the one that they did lose was obviously Sands, a stack of origin players, and uh, Brown and Wiramu Gregg. So, you know, half the starting roster or thereabouts was, uh, you know, not first choice. Um, but, yeah, you've you got to have this one, unfortunately. With the way our draw shakes out, uh, we got North Queensland in North Queensland, Melbourne in Melbourne, and then you get, you know, a, not a layup game, but an easy game in the Dragons. You'd want to get at least one of two between the Cowboys and the Storm. And ideally, you get the first one, obviously, to set yourself up for a chance at two from two. So go up there, tighten up from what we saw against the Titans. Tighten up, haha. Um, but yeah, get get your forward pack to you know control the middle. And then on the, you got to hope that they can't exploit the uh, the substitute on the wing um, because that's going to be an unfavorable matchup for us, whether it's uh, Hayes Dunster or Wonga Blake or if they put a back row onto the centres and ship um, Bowie Simonson out there, that'll be in their favour. Uh, but yeah, control the ball. Like, do do what we do when we're at our best, and I think this game is very winnable. Ham, uh, I'm still reeling from 40s Titan pun. That was that was truly dad stuff there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, it's... with the with, Since uh, we beat the Cowboys, they have not lost a game. Uh, they've played the Storm where they won... By 20 points or so. 25 uh, points. 25 points, there you go. Um, against the Panthers, they won by a try or a converted try or something like that? Four points. Four points. Oh, they, they demolished the Tigers, 74 to nil. Um, they beat the Rabbitohs down in Sydney as well. Yeah, so they hit some uh, good form just as we play them. So that's uh, very good. But we're going to take it away. Of course we're going to take away their form because form is temporary our class is permanent. That's why we made the grand final. We've been finalists for the past since I I, I can't remember the last time we didn't make finals. Twenty eighteen. Um, but yeah, I just you know Luciano Lelu always has a big game against us. Uh, Ruben Cotter seems to trouble our middle. Uh, same with Jake Granville. Jason Dalmalolo. He's coming off the bench. I think he made about a thousand meters last week, playing forty minutes off the bench. So he's always one to look out for. But we do seem to play him. We do seem to have a pretty good defensive uh, system against him, and I think the Matterhorn, Ryan Madison, uh, unleash them. They'll be sort of unleashed at the same time off the bench, and it might be able to nullify him a little bit, uh, run at his shoulders, make him tackling, because uh, he just doesn't tackle. He's an arm grabber. So if we can get him to do that, we can get it. And I think if we're going to have a big one this game, I think Maney, I think the Hop God uh, needs to... Pick himself back up from last week. I reckon he'll be pretty pretty dirty with himself. Um, only playing 60 minutes. I think he'll be pretty dirty with the numbers that he had with his offloads. So 
I expect a, a big man from the from the small man in the middle. Big game from the small man in the middle, sorry. Yeah, I'm not nearly as confident as you boys. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys have lost two games at home this whole year. Uh, those games were against the Warriors. That was back in March. And the second one was the Dolphins. That was in April. They haven't lost at home since the 7th of April, 2023. In their last three games at home... They've put 27 points on the Panthers. I know that was Origin affected, but Cowboys also had players out for Origin. 45 points on the Storm and 74 points on the West's Tigers. So they're 100 and something to 43 in those three games. Just just quickly, just while we're bringing up stats, um, what happened the last time Parramatta played in Townsville? That's a good question. What what happened? I th- I think we might have won. Did we? Was that the last time that was the finals match? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, that's, that's I was asking Birdie about that one because uh, they seem to hold a grudge uh, <laughs> given their, their flogging at the hands of the West Tigers earlier uh, was returned in style, uh, 74-0 over the West Tigers in that game, which was a training run. Um, they've got, what, how many players did they have in origin overall? I think six or seven. Uh, a successful origin series, and they've come back from that uh, seemingly ready to go. And as you said, they've navigated that origin period really well. We thought it was curtains when they lost uh, to to the West Tigers back in May, but they haven't dropped a game since 20th of May. Uh, sorry, since the 26th of May, which was against us. Um, again, that was an origin affected game, and it was rather it was a, it was a bit close for comfort until we we finally get over the top of the, at, at the end of it. It was a pretty dour affair. It was. So I'm quite worried about this game. Uh, <laughs> I know at our best we can go well, but far out, we're still missing some players, aren't we? Yeah. You've got to be positive. Yeah, you're missing Sivo, you're missing Reg, you're still missing Dill Brown. Um, I can see us winning, but it's going to be very, very close. Uh, on the opposite, I could see a Cowboys um, you know, plus 13 win here. Maybe I'm just a bit down after our, our game against the Titans. <laughs> Have the, have the faith, have the faith. <laughs> uh, look, you know, I was confident he did, oh no, it's not, I don't know, like, I feel as though Moses, you know, he, he he can, he's the best player out there, in my opinion, as on between the two sides, so he can pretty much win the game for us, so um, it, it'll be tough, you know, the humid weather, you know, you know, the biased Cowboys fans that always boo for everything, like, you know, I, I just feel as though... We have to literally be a front-running team. We can't be chasing this game. So if we can just take the crowd out early and let's pretty much force them to make mistakes. So, yeah, I, I feel as though Brad Arthur will get them fired up. You know, I've got some faith in this team. I'm glad you boys got the faith. <laughs> can I get your predictions? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go Parramatta 26, Cowboys eight, uh, 18, sorry. Um, yeah, first try, I'm going to go with Mitchell Moses. You know, I feel as though he's going to score a try. Score the first try. It'll be a long-range try. I'm thinking like 40 meters run. Um, look, I feel as though um, our forwards will do a job on them. You know, uh, you know, looking at their team. Yeah, Cotter's. You know, he just won the Wally Lawless Medal, but and you know, Nano is a try scoring machine. But I feel as though we'll do a job on them. You know, um, we did all right against the Titans with Fafita and Tino, so um, I'm confident. 40. Yeah. Um, I'll go Eels to win 30 to 20. First try scorer, Junior Barlow. Him. Uh, Dejan Arce, the Mustards revenge game. That's why Will Penasini is scoring the first try on the exact opposite side of the field. Um, Parramatta to win 13 to 7. 
That's a very particular scoreline. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be a score, Gummy? It, it might be. Probably is. I reckon a uh, seven all, and then a breakaway Sean Russell try under the posts. Oh, the right. rusty rhino. Yeah, the rusty rhino. <laughs> <laughs> never bring that up again. I thought uh, we said. I thought we said never again. No, I keep mentioning. We're going to get that trending hashtag, Rusty Rhino. <laughs> oh. um, boys, I, I, I don't want to be the Dow one here, but I can see Cowboys win this week, twenty-six to eighteen. Boo this man. Boo. We, 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 we talked you up. We talked you up after that incredible monologue. You monologue the, the like the best of them. You you would have gotten into uh, is is NIDA, the the arts the performance school. I can't remember what it's called. Some wank. The thing. National Institute of Drama or Dramatic Arts or something like that. Yeah, could be. I think it's NIDA. Would have got you into NIDA that monologue, but you just you've ruined it. You've ruined your reputation. You've ruined the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Should we call him Reed Marnie? <laughs> oh wow! Hey mate, I'm I'm not trying to cancel bloody charity uh, charity uh, <laughs> gifts. You, you're not knocking the, down the the camera ball. Exactly. And after last year, he'll get in the the uh, the lawnmower out. You know, like what a little salty bitch. Um, yeah, but I, I, let's put me down for Hayes Dunster first try scorer though. Nice. I like that. That's better. More of that, please. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, well, we might wrap it up there. Go the boys, go the girls. Uh, hopefully we can ca- crack um, two mean, wins there. What do you mean go the boys? Go the Eels, not go the Cowboys. Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> the male players for the Eels. No, no, no. no. Well, the get, female players in no, the no, NRLW. No, no. It's, it's not about the, the gendered thing. It's We're playing the Cowboys. You're saying go the boys. If anybody calls the Cowboys the boys, it's the same as people calling the Warriors the Wars. Like, the seriously, go put yourself in the bin. Well, I got bad news for you because if anyone's a Dallas Cowboys fan, they'll, they'll be um, using the boys uh, as a call sign for their team. Um, yes, and anybody who supports the Dallas Cowboys can also go jump in the bin. All right, be right back. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll go the Eels this weekend and hope to catch you on the next Power Podcast. Catch you later, go the Eels. Later.